Welcome to the Not Just Any Business Podcast from Not Just Any CPA Firm, Honkamp Kruger. Here are your hosts for this episode, marketing partner and CMO, Nicole Gantz, and marketing supervisor, Amy Bell Qualick. Ladies, Welcome to the Not Just Any Business Podcast, brought to you by Top 100 CPA and Business Advisory Firm, Honkam Kruger. I'm Amy Belqualik. And I'm Nicole Gantz. And we're glad to have you back for this episode as we discuss the six can't-miss, no-fail tenets of continuous business planning. Our guest today is Steve Campana. Steve is a partner at Han Kim Kruger and one of the firm's leaders for decision support and business advisory. A rock star, both in and out of the office, Steve has a unique and effective approach to helping businesses see the light and achieve their goals for growth and success. In his spare time, Steve is a published author, a pool shark, and line dancing instructor. And he also just let me know that he took up drums at the age of 55. So welcome, Steve. Thank you, Nicole. So before we get into this, though, tell us a little bit about being a published author and the book that you wrote. Well, that's an interesting journey. It's uh, The book is a drill book. Uh, I always thought I'd write a business book first, but it's titled The Black Belt Billiards. And it's a compilation of drills to take you from the basics to quite competent. And you can get that on... Uh, send me an email or okay. Amazon.com. It's available. On Amazon. Awesome. We've heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's just get right into it. Um, a lot of businesses go through extensive strategic planning exercises. And at the end, they may be a little bit jazzed up about the future, but often these plans end up on a shelf. So why do you think that is? One reason would be, I, I think it's not what's in the plan, but the perspective of what's missing. And one thing that's usually missing is that rhythm of review. Uh, Others refer to that as a cadence of accountability. Yeah, I think that's something that people don't really think about much. They think they have everything in there. And, you know, what are those untouchables, those untangibles that aren't usually built into it? Yes. And then a a call to action so that uh, they take the ideas and put them into tactics. And a lot of times I think The leadership team spends more time on the hows instead of why it's important and what's at risk if we don't in pushing the hows downstream. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. So uh, you've been working for a few years now on developing a better way to plan and have pulled together the best ideas and resources out there to develop this program, um, the six tenets of continuous business planning. Can you tell us a little bit about how this all came to be? Yeah, but the Partners and I in decision support kept stepping back and asking the question you started with is, why do some plans fail? Why are some companies successful at at plans and why not? And success leaves clues. So we just started stepping back and looking at our clients uh, that were successful at it and starting to identify what they did after the planning and before the planning process that made them successful at execution. Uh, So can you tell us what those six tenets are? Certainly. It's uh, shared vision and values. There's something we call AAA, which stands for assess, adapt, and align. There's uh, identify your outcomes desired, a process of clear and consistent communication. Uh, The fifth tenet is execution and accountability. And finally, we bring it all home with finish, improve, and grow. Awesome. So there's a very uh, deliberate process to this whole continuous cycle of planning. That's correct. Uh, It's a process, a great choice of words versus a program. A program has a beginning and an end. Continuous business planning has a process. It just continues to roll. 
Awesome. So how do these six components of planning differ from any other kind of strategic exercise that someone might have gone through? Because certainly a lot of your clients over time and businesses have had their doors knocked on for strategic planning. So what really makes Han Kim Kruger and your leadership team's approach different than the other people that can conduct strategic planning and business planning? I think so. a lot of the services we bring to the party that we can help with the process and with the follow through. An example of that would be our, our second one, the Assess, Adapt, and Align. Um, we use what I think is a rather unique acronym to go through that to cover a broad swath of, of your business. And I can share that with you, that that's scope. The S is a dollar sign for financial. Mm-hmm. Uh, C is customers and marketing. The O is operations and processes. Uh, the P is people. And then E is end in mind. Are you aligned with your vision and values and where you're trying to go? So in each of those, it kind of sounds like you're not just looking at the external. You know, sometimes people think about in their strategic plan, the SWOT analysis, and maybe they're just looking, you know, what's what are their threats outside the organization? But with scope, you're looking internal as well. That's correct. Do you have the right players on the bench? Uh, where are your strengths internally? And, and do you have the people in place to execute the, the plan? And does that come as kind of a surprise to some people that go through this process? They maybe haven't thought about it that way before. It's certainly unique, uh, especially the when we get into the marketing and really challenging people on not only who your customers are, but who they should not be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people try to be everything to everyone, and that's not the best for your growth. That's correct. There's a Russian proverb that says, he who chases two rabbits catches neither. Right. Yeah. So I know with this plan, accountability is a huge factor in it. Can you touch a little bit on that? Yes, uh, that is that is an area where uh, the plan falls off. There's not that rhythm of review. And if you think about um, accountability, we can only be accountable for what we agree to be held accountable to. If you think about the activity that takes place before a check-in meeting, uh, if, if you're doing that every other month, there's a spike in activity. How often? Every other month. But if your rhythm of review is a more periodic, you get those spikes continually throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And you usually instruct people that, you know, meeting for a shorter amount of time more often, especially on those bigger projects, is really the key. Yes, thank you. The, um, the belief is that the more important the topic is to the organization, the more frequently you should meet, but for a much shorter duration. Mm-hmm. An example of that would, would be uh, the founders of Google. Uh, they had a topic that was a burning issue that they couldn't get solved, and uh, they finally decided to meet at 4 o'clock every day for 30 minutes until the issue went away. That's great. Yeah, it's a good story. Other than prioritizing and setting aside time for accountability, why else do you think it's so difficult for an organization to find itself, the owners, the business leaders, and just holding everyone accountable from top to bottom? Why is accountability so difficult? The tyranny of the urgent uh, for one, you, there's not someone assigned that responsibility to be your coach, to uh, ask how it's going, to help where the obstacles are, and get you through those hurdles. And the tyranny of the urgent takes over, and it stalls. Mm-hmm. So does it matter, then, who is responsible for holding them accountable? Yes. And it, not so much whether it's an external or external but really, has, does that person have the skill set and the time, and is that part of their job description to execute it? But, but with that accountability, if you think of a basketball team or a professional golfer, the best athletes in the world need a coach. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So where do you see businesses getting hung up in this process? 
without that accountability and that pattern, it becomes a program. Mm-hmm. And it almost, in some organizations, become a drud. Overgoing strategic planning season again, as opposed as opposed to coming out of a finish, improve, and grow. It measure the gains, not the gap. This is what we've accomplished. This is what we can do to improve. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. And that process kind of giving you momentum to go into that strategic plan. Do you have an example of maybe someone you've worked with where they were having, they were getting hung up in one of these six components? Yeah, I can use a, a personal example of from the firm I used to work for. It was, uh, you know, we have the six components and there were four, four of us involved at the table and we really needed to get external help with communication to help us get all the pieces of the puzzle on the table so we could solve the issue. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's our fourth circle, the clear and consistent communication that is often a place you get hung up, and the other is, again, the accountability. Yeah. So, I mean, every organization is going to be different, going to have different needs. Um, does everyone start at the first level, or do you find people starting at phase three? Uh, how does that usually go? This was a growth edge for myself. I, uh, When we first started this process, and you know, several years ago, felt that it did go, it was more like linear. Mm-hmm. You started with vision and values, and you built on that. But if, if you do look at the illustration we put together it is a circle it's like a merry-go-round and we really believe that you have to get some momentum you have to get some small wins so if we can just get people on that merry-go-round somewhere to be a high-performing entity you will have to hit on all six cylinders so what's important is you get started and get moving Mm-hmm. So someone might start at phase three or somewhere in the middle of the scope analysis, they might have something to work on first. Yeah, it's interesting. Typically, the launching points that we've found are that that uh, that scope analysis. And really, every business is perfectly designed to get the results they've been getting. Mm-hmm. So to really dig under the hood and show them what, uh, what if nothing changes, this is what it's going to look like. Is that acceptable to you? And the other place is helping them with that communication process and that coaching and bringing, developing their leaders. Mm-hmm. Have you come in contact with businesses who maybe think that they're firing on all six cylinders, but when they go through this, they realize how much more they could be doing? Yes, I, I think it's an eye-opener somewhere along the process, especially the, the finish, improve, and grow, where they're really stepping back and saying, let's celebrate the wins, what, what worked, what didn't work, uh, we use an after-action review, which was developed by the United States Army, mm-hmm. um, and that's a very effective process um, to, as part of our finish, improve, and grow. Awesome. So can you tell us a story maybe about someone um, who is going through this process, where they started, where they are now? Yes, I, I have one um, uh, construction entity. It was very interesting when we went through the assess, adapt, and align and, and shared that story. You're perfectly designed to get the results you're getting. They realized that with their business and the changing business model, they needed to go from being historians with their financial statements. They actually now take their backlog and chart it out when it's expected to be completed. And they can then, it helps them with their bidding process. It helps them manage their overhead. And it really changed them from a backward looking firm, really not even looking at the financial statements, to finding those um, leading measures that really help, help them manage their business. 
Awesome. And with that example, you're kind of showing that Han Kim Kruger can be more of an advisor and help him with their forward thinking and being proactive and not just the historian of the financial statements. So can you talk a little bit more about why a CPA partner is a good person for business planning and decision support um, as typically one of the most trusted advisor in a business person's or business executive circle? Well, we, t- we touch the numbers and we get under the hood. The numbers are like a foreign language and we can help clients interpret those. The other thing is we do bring a passion for planning and execution to the table. And uh, it, it really is nice to be able to help our clients overcome the obstacles, identify the obstacles, and really realize that they need to cut stuff so they can spend more time on what matters most. Right. And CPA partners are also running their own business. So not only are they practitioners, but they are also back at the firms running their own business, the HR, the marketing, the people, the IT, and getting production done. So you can really relate to your owners on what it's like to run a business. Yes, very much so. So what do you find that people really have enjoyed in this process? Have there been some really big celebrations that people or some aha moments that really struck the core to clients? Yes. Help, helping clients spend more time on the things that matter most and less time on everything else and really cutting and eliminating the things that um, aren't really accomplished. They're not accomplishments. They're not moving them forward to where they want to be. Kind of like working on your business versus in your business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone should be doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a little segment in our podcast where we like to talk about what Alexa can't tell you. Um, You know, people like to search these digital assistants for anything. They build their shopping list. They find music. They find movies. But I mean, what is it that Alexa can't tell you about your business plan? That's a that that's a interesting question. I, I would say it comes back to the ability to get under the hood and challenge yourself. Is this five years from now, if we accomplish this, will we be celebrating? Mm-hmm. What does success look like five years from now? That has to come from the heart. It has to come from the leadership. Absolutely. So there's no database answer that works from one business owner to another on how to successfully run your business and reach your goals both personally and professionally. That's correct. And when we approach this process, it is a process. So we work really hard as, as a group providing the service to listen on the front end and design a process that's going to, you know, maybe tell them where to start on the wheel mm-hmm. or specifically to help them accomplish what they're looking for. As people are going through this planning process, were there any big surprises that came out of this? Because I think it's kind of a good time to, you know, ask those deep questions and open some eyes and ears. One that was very interesting is uh, going through the marketing and where they wanted to go. The enterprise really had an area that they wanted to get into and felt that they had to go to external resources. And they found that people right within the company had a passion for that and had the skill set to execute that. So they really needed to assess their people and realign duties that eliminate again so that they could work where they're both passionate and proficient. And they executed extremely well once they realigned those duties with their people. I think that's so important in this current workplace environment that we have, it's workforce culture, you know, sometimes your best talent is right there and it can be difficult to bring new people in anyway. So um, use what you have right here at home. Yeah, that was, that was exactly the case there. That's spot on. Awesome. So do you have any advice or last words for the group on this topic? I, I would sum it up by saying really understand why you do what you do. Create a clear and compelling 
vision as opposed to ambiguous aspirations, eliminate the noise, and always have an answer to the question, what can I do today to move this forward? Strategic next action. Yeah, definitely not letting anything sit or anything be stagnant. Just be constantly thinking about those next wins moving forward. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Steve. I think that does it for today's episode. Thank you to Steve Campana for sharing your wisdom and wonderful conversation and to Happy Smith Productions for producing this episode. If you'd like more information on Han Kim Kruger's decision support and advisory services, getting Steve in your corner, call us today at 888-556-0123. Submit our web form at honcamp.com or shout out to us on our social media pages. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss it on any future hot topics. We'll see you next time on the Not Just Any Business Podcast.